Welcome, and thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Matthews Podcast, a podcast highlighting commercial real estate news, topics, and trends from top professionals in the industry. I'm your host, Matt Wallace, a 10-year-plus commercial real estate veteran executing on over a billion dollars in transactions across asset classes from coast to coast. I now serve as a market leader of the Cleveland office for Matthews and as our national director of the shopping center division. Today, we are joined by Chris Nelson and Sam Sukit. Chris is a vice president and senior director in our San Diego office. Sam is a vice president and director in the San Diego office, both on the industrial team. They specialize in investment sales, agency leasing, and corporate industrial occupier advisory within the San Diego marketplace. Together, they have transacted on more than $450 million of real estate and then become some of San Diego's most active industrial brokers. In this episode, we'll dive into the opportunities and challenges within the industrial space. Welcome to the podcast, Chris and Sam. Guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Glad to be here. That's great. All right. Well, let's let's dive right in. Why don't you guys give us a view from 30,000 feet? What What's the industrial market like today? Sure. Well, obviously, we had this run up that everybody knows industrial was one of the hottest asset classes over the past couple of years. And so it was a time when you could bring anything to the market and you'd have five, six offers. Everybody's competing. Things are going over ask. And I think we're having our cool down period from that. So things are slowing back down. I think you could say things are getting much more like they were back in 2018, 2019, as far as leasing velocity, ask, offer, pricing arrangements in terms of where you're seeing people come in, ask for more free rent, ask for more off of asking prices. So it's just cooling down. But as far as occupancy goes, we've stayed really high here in San Diego. Southern California, there have been some blips on the radar out on the Inland Empire side of things where started to see a bigger uptick in vacancy, but largely everything has been moving along and not seeing a ton of tenant delinquency, a little bit more here and there, but it's chugging along. It's doing it's doing its job. So industrial is not immune from the the slowdown that the rest of the commercial real estate market is seeing. So what what let's start to break that down a little bit. Clearly the elephant in the room is interest rates. How have you guys seen interest rates impacting transaction volume and also are interest rates impacting the decisions tenants are making to to take space? Yeah, so I mean obviously we've seen the the rates hike significantly even in the past week things have changed uh pretty significantly. When it comes to the pricing of of investments uh they haven't yet totally reacted to that interest rate hike. So we're seeing a lot of, we're seeing a, a big difference between what the sellers are wanting still for their properties and what they're able to get. So therefore, you know, a lot of the transactions have slowed. We're, we're at this weird crux where people want more than what they, what they can get for it. And the debt doesn't make sense to buy. So, you know, there's just not a lot of investments going on. So that's something we've seen pretty significantly over the past couple months, really. And we're hoping to see prices come down a bit. But, you know, if you don't have to sell, you won't. A lot of the debt coming up is going to be the reason why people are going to have to sell their properties here soon. So, you know, we'll see some of those pricing adjustments start to hit the market, we think, probably early next year. 
And I would I would add to that also from an owner user perspective, the people who we're seeing for, for the most part be active buyers in the market are stronger companies with a lot of cash in their balance sheet who can afford to still take down properties all cash, who are taking advantage of some semblance of a discount right now. If you look in the SBA finance or owner user lookalike finance realm, it would probably be upwards of 40% less expensive right now to lease than to buy. And so even that too is going to cool down that sector a little bit to the same token. You know, there, there are companies that really wanted to buy over this last run up. And when you had a listing on the market and it could have gone for an investor or for an owner user, the deals with the investors with liquidity being so available were just so much easier. And so a lot of owner users got crowded out of the market. So talking about strategically moving with occupiers in the market, that's been something that we are really focusing a lot of time on right now. As vacancy tips up, as there's more availability, as there's more opportunity, you know, we think strong companies are are going to be one of the bigger benefactors in the local industrial market here, here coming soon. So for the investors that are still playing in the space, how are their pro formas from a couple of years ago shaping up to what the market looks like today? And how are they making deals penciled? Is in the is the rent growth still there? Are they able to grow out of some of these crazy cap rates that we're still seeing transact? So it, it really depends how far back you look. As of a couple of years ago, two years ago, those pro formas were able to reach the expected rent growth. But if you're looking from one year ago, it's a lot different. Rent growth has slowed tremendously. I think we're kind of at a standstill now when it comes to what we're leasing. We haven't seen a ton of rents go down yet. We think that may be coming, but when it comes to the San Diego economy, it is just so strong that the, the businesses here are, are stable. We don't know that it will affect the, the rent growth. I think it'll stay stable for the time being. But when you're looking at stable rents and people are performing, you know, seven, four to 7% rent growth over the next couple of years, those, those deals don't pencil anymore. So that's kind of what we, what we've seen. And that's led to people just looking at deals now and they're not doing them. So they're interested, but they're not, they're not biting because they don't see, they don't know if rents are going to grow. And I think the uncertainty is keeping a lot of fresh capital out of the market at this moment. I've heard a lot in the past couple of weeks since people are getting quoted in the seven and a quarter to 775 range on debt, 8% stabilized return on cost is a metric that feels safe. That's what it sounds like conservative investors are, are looking for. That obviously is quite a bit higher than what has been trading over these past couple of years. So the value shock is definitely not getting people to bring things to the market and be willing to meet the market just yet. Like Sam said earlier, debt's going to be a driver on that. We think that's going to bring things to the market. One of the one of the good notes that has happened here over the past, I'll call it really like the past 24 months, is 4% annual rent increases in leases have become uh, a staple. I would say more than 85% of the leases that we've done 
over that time have had 4% running increases, you know, hundreds of comps now have, have that. And so that's going to create a market that will grow at at least a 4% pace unless things start rolling back. Are they going to grow past that? I would tend to agree with Sam. I think that we are starting to see tenants no longer take the higher rent and stay in place and they will leave in search of lower rent. If you try to push, I think we've kind of plateaued and yeah, here and there, I think we've seen rents roll back a little bit, but by and large, you know, I think the tenants are kind of out of capacity and I think more broadly, consumer spending seems like it is likely to slow in the coming four to six month period. I think that that will really be a test on, especially more the local mom and pop tenants. How much does that really impact, you know, things roll downhill and it's going to get to them too. So we'll see, we'll see how it all shakes out. So you bring up a good point. You know, there's obviously the, the rental side of supply and demand, the rental rate market rents. So where are we in the development cycle? Has we, have we seen development slow down? Are we right sized with our balance of supply and demand or are are we going to see an oversupply shortly as that cycle usually lags a bit i think there's obviously different sub markets of san diego there's one specific sub market that has had a ton of supply come on in the past 12 months that is going to create some slack in that market and that's otai mesa which is right on the border the other markets don't have any room for development so you know we're supply constrained there but in this one area specifically, we've seen a lot of new development, big box, 50,000 uh, square foot plus spaces come online. And we think that those are going to have a lot of trouble absorbing it over the next 12 to 18 months. You look back at 2010 and the five years to follow, there was a big development boom then, and the absorption took a while. And held all of those lease rates down. There's a lot of push towards nearshoring. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of companies that are getting themselves set up in Maquiladora manufacturing in Mexico, taking advantage of the foreign trade zones, getting ready. And so I do think that as those operations get up and running, there will be cross-border leasing for those companies. How fast will that go? I think that's a question that kind of remains to be seen. I know from what I've heard is there's a lot of growth on the Tijuana side of the border, but to the same effect, they have their own constraints of, I've even heard that they're having trouble getting some of the buildings electrified because their power grid is near capacity. So, you know, obviously you're going to have to deal with those challenges. There's a extension of the 905 freeway, SR11, that's going to be a 20 lane border crossing, hoping to, to open next year. That will be extremely large commercial crossing that can definitely create a lot of value for the the users that are in Otai. But just like anything else, I mean, there's going to be a ramp up time and everyone who has dirt that was entitled in, in Otai is coming out of the ground with their projects. You know, I, I it wouldn't be surprising if within the next three and a half, four year horizon, there's over six, seven million square feet of inventory that that does deliver. And so it's just, I mean, plain and simple, this is not the Inland Empire and the million square foot users aren't aren't really out there. 
you know, there's, you can probably count on one hand how many are in Otai right now. And I think you're probably may just be counting Amazon if you're a true million square feet. It's just tough if you're going to try to absorb in, you know, 100,000 foot, 50,000 foot chunks to get all of that absorbed. And so it holds everybody's rents down. But like Sam said, the rest of San Diego, you're kind of supply constrained because of mountain ranges that don't allow for more building. The ocean doesn't allow for more building. So your lack of lack of developable land. Yeah, that's I mean, you go look out in the Inland Empire. It's a consistent theme of conversations with the owners we we talk to that, that have a lot of product out there. You know, there there's a ton of building that came online and it's a little bit of of a dead zone in certain pockets of space size ranges where they there is a lot of availability and nobody making deals. So, you know, we'll see we'll see how that trends as well. Of course, always submarkets within submarkets, right? So you mentioned uh, the term nearshoring and obviously more just general onshoring. What are some of the other broader trends that you're going to see impact industrial development, the industrial transactions market, leasing over the next five to 10 years? Biotech is a big thing to talk about in San Diego. There was a huge push for growth and redevelopment within central San Diego to accommodate more life science space to come to the market. That push probably pushed a little too hard. There are a fair number of buildings, call it class B office buildings that people bought with biotech redevelopment in mind, that the amount of supply coming to the market doesn't really make sense for the demand right now. And so people people didn't rest on their laurels of good fundamental price per foot, buying things for what it is now, not what it might be in the future. And so there's definitely people who are going to take some some losses in those sectors, I think, or just have poorly performing assets and they, that they're not able to redevelop, you know, for several years out into the cycle. I think that's something that's that's an interesting kind of pullback that you're seeing within this market that has some impact on an industrial because you do get life science coming into more of the flex space too. So, you know, that that's an interesting trend. Right. Yeah, the biotech industry was really pushing the prices up of just regular industrial and flex properties in, in central San Diego, Miramar, Sereno Mesa, Sereno Valley area. And when these projects were purchased by larger companies at, at really high price per land foot basis they were expecting to get certain rents. And the the funding for a lot of this biotech, these companies have has been shut down as of the last, I think like 18 months or so, 12 to 18 months. There used to be a lot of funding that that, that has been shut off. So these companies are no longer taking these spaces and these projects are being built. So it remains to be seen what what happens, but we could see some trouble with those projects specifically. Some of the biggest development uh, in downtown San Diego, the Horton Plaza redevelopment, which I believe is 800,000 square feet of lab slash office space. And then you have Manchester, which I believe is a similar, if not larger size. Everybody's hunting for, for tenants that may exist and want them to migrate to new locations. But as as I'm aware currently, those projects have not 
least. And those are spec developments that are going to deliver and and wait for somebody to come lease them. Will San Diego be able to eventually absorb all the biotech space? I would like to think so. I think UCSD is growing at a pretty rapid pace and has become a really good institution for research and development. And I think that that's a, that's a good push for that. But from the standpoint where we're at in the industrial side, I think that there's a lot of people with quickly changing misaligned expectations that thought their properties in Central County, San Diego would have been able to catch biotech tenants and have these $3 a foot, $4 a foot flex rents. And in reality, they're just industrial properties and and you should be happy to be landing in, you know, north of $2 a foot and and that's a win. So come back to reality. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a little push to get back to reality. So if the demand isn't coming from the biotech side, occupancy levels are still strong. What are the other major uh, industries that are taking up the most uh, square footage? Is it, you know, retail, dis- distribution? What What's the makeup of the, the tenant landscape right now? I mean, defense and defense contractors are doing really well. Obviously, San Diego is home to a large naval base, have Miramar, have a lot of military presence. And so those companies have their submarkets that they exist within. and seem to be chugging along just fine. So in that regard, San Diego has, that is a backbone. Obviously the hospitality sector and all of the, we'll call them barnacle tenants that are attached to that. Hospitality has, you know, some risk to to turn, turn back a little bit here. If people have less discretionary income in the coming years, I think that you'll see less people traveling and, and less spending. One of the concerns I, I think we've talked about is you see mounting credit card debt, you see less consumer savings. Are Is that trip to San Diego going to come next year? Or are you going to cancel it? Or are you just not going to make it at all? And as a result of that, you know, you, you have a lot of a lot of these local tenants that will suffer people who don't run on huge margins, but are dependent on the local economy. So you know, I would say the the three biggest industries here are probably hospitality, defense, and biotech. So you have two of those two of those industries that have some question marks on them. So we will see. Got it. Let's shift our eye to the future and start throwing out some some hot takes here. What what do you guys see as some of the biggest impacts on industrial 10 years down the road? What what are some of the risks? How are we going to adopt? automation and AI into industrial, both from a, you know, from a investment standpoint, but also from an operational standpoint, where where do you see the changes in the risks in the industry, you know, looking forward? Well, one of the things that we're seeing become a lot more valuable is that iOS property, the industrial outdoor storage like we said, like there's just a lack of available land. Everything's built out in San Diego for the most part, besides the one market we mentioned, which is Otai. And that's becoming more valuable because people need a places to store their their items. They're, we got equipment rental, you know, truck, trucking, contractor yards. There's a huge market for that. And there's a lack of available outdoor storage space. 
So we've seen the values of those skyrocket over the past, you know, few months to a year, a little bit of actually a bubble was created, but I think that that's going to come back quickly just because there's not any availability of that. So it's, it's interesting because the less building there is on a property now, the more valuable it can become. So that's something we're seeing. I thought that piece is interesting. The iOS market always reminded me of the the manufactured housing market, right? It's this forced supply constraint because no one wants it anywhere near them, right? It's like it's it's all a, a zoning play. So how how does that open up if we clearly need more iOS space, right? So how, how do we solve that problem of a lack of supply in that specific niche? Really starts to get pushed out east, at least in San Diego. It's getting pushed out east, like Slaughterhouse Canyon area, which is along the 67. We're seeing a lot of that property start to trade and become more iOS focused. But there is a lot of iOS in, in the central county that's being redeveloped. So again, supply and demand tons of demand less and less supply each each year the value is going to go crazy i think that you can see also like sam had said central county has opportunities to knock down obsolete office buildings in industrial areas right that's an opportunity that we've seen I think you see more of it in in the Orange County, LA markets because the land basis is a little bit more valuable, but that is starting. There are projects that are doing that. There's a project specifically in, in Miramar that just knocked down some office buildings and a lease to uh, any who's San Diego's gas and electric provider. You know, th- there's opportunity to do it. And I think that as the land value increases further and further, you'll see it more and more. I, I think that that is actually a healthy ebb and flow for the office market and a way that there can be some office product removed from the supply, from the oversupply in a little bit more of a positive way than some of the doom and gloom you've seen in the office market where keys are being handed back and you know things just kind of go to zero on some of these assets. I, I think that there is good opportunity within industrial commercial markets to convert some of that that supply. So we'll see how that pans out. As far as the the AI and automated manufacturing, you know, it's hard hard to say, but I would tend to say that San Diego is is a good R&D market. There's a lot of higher tech manufacturing that exists here, and so I know that a lot of that is you want to be around a hub of engineers and and students workforce. So we have three really, really good universities, USD where Sam and I went, UCSD, and then San Diego State. So I would see that there will probably continue to be a push for technology manufacturing and things like that to come into San Diego. I mean, you look at some of the bigger companies, Apple purchased a large plot of land in Rancho Bernardo to build a campus. They have quite a bit of office inventory they've leased up in the UTC La Jolla area. It seems like large companies are catching on to that this is a pretty good talent pay- base to to recruit from. Awesome. So as we wrap up here, what advice do you guys have to anyone listening that where to put their dollars if they're interested in industrial and 
Southern California, in the Southwest, you name it. What, what's your advice to the clients and to the investors listening? Where would you put your money? Where, what should they do when they're looking uh, at this market? I mean, I would say, first of all, fundamental, fundamentally sound properties, good locations, multi-tenant properties below replacement costs. That's a simple investment strategy that Chris and I have used and, and advised our clients to do. And, you know, as things have changed, the market is shifting. We've seen those properties stay strong through the changes. There's some single tenant properties you, that we've seen people buy or, or not fundamentally sound real estate that, that people take risks, risks on. And you take a risk at the wrong time and, and you know, then you're left with an empty building and you're carrying it. So I think the multi-tenant aspect of industrial is good because you get a mix of tenants that allow for, you know, your risk to be spread across multiple different industries. You know, the smaller you go in San Diego, the tenant wise, you know, I think the better. We've had the most success with small unit industrial, you know, a thousand to 2000 square feet, multi-tenant parks. Those have given us the best rent growth, the most stability and highest overall return since, you know, since we started. I think that what Sam said about below replacement cost is is probably the most important factor of that that niche. We really like to sell these multi-tenant business parks, and the pitch is so simple. You could not build it for probably even within $100 a foot of what you're buying it for. Um, we talked about how much land prices are growing because of the need for outdoor storage, because of the need for more industrial. Construction prices obviously shot up a ton over this last cycle so you really are buying an investment that you know you don't have any risk that someone is going to build and build and rent cheaper than you there's no risk of that and there's very few things that you can buy that have truly no risk that anyone can just drop their rates on on new new product to beat you you know the only real risk that you have is in markets, these are assets that don't trade very often. They're pretty coveted assets. And so when people get them, they keep them. And if the market softens, you know, you guys may be competing over the same tenants. And one of you may be able to go to a lower rate because you have a lower tax basis, which goes back to what Sam is saying. It's just watch your basis and know that you bought, know that you're buying something at a basis that you can feel good about. And I think that that's how you stay safe. And make money here. Well, you guys make it sound really simple. Certainly a little more complex and if I'm if I'm putting dollars out in Southern California, I want I want you guys in my corner. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us today. This was fantastic. I know I learned a ton for all of our clients and listeners out there. If if you have any need for industrial space or advice on how to handle your industrial portfolio, please read that please reach out to Chris Nelson and, and Sam Sukit in our San Diego office, uh, clearly experts in the field. Guys, thank you for joining us again today. And for everyone listening, please tune in next time. Thank you. Appreciate it.